Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. I'm going to read from Philippians 3. This thought that the Lord has put upon my heart today, beginning with verse 10. Again, you can remain seated. That I may know him, the apostle Paul writes, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable or shaped unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead or apprehend or lay hold of it. Not as though I had already attained or been made perfect or complete. That's what that word perfect means. But I follow after him that I may apprehend or lay hold on that for which also I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself already to have reached this level of resurrection, but I forget those things which are behind. This is one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth or forward unto those things which are before me or in front of me or in my future. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to talk to you for a little while this afternoon about something that is extremely relevant, I believe, for each one of us individually, collectively, our family, this church, for every one of us uh, who want to be pleasing to God, uh, I believe that we face many difficulties in life. As Christians, we are targets for the enemy. We know that. Uh, the devil does not like it when you decide to serve Jesus. And he will make sure you know that by bringing difficulties into your life. And life itself just has its times of difficulty. The Lord himself said that it rains on the just and the unjust. Amen? But, but, but the difficulty that I believe is very crucial that it gets our attention is our faith. It's, it's sometimes it just seems like we have a faith problem. In fact, Jesus said one time, he said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Uh, so it is in Jesus' own words and presentation a factor of risk not everyone that I have known throughout my life who walked in the faith does so uh, anymore there are those who have left the faith and so it is something we need to be aware of and so that's what I want to talk to you about today I've entitled my remarks this afternoon don't mess with my faith Let's ask God to have his way in the remainder of this service. God, we know that every part of this service is important, especially including this part that is now coming into uh, our presence, this going forth of the word of God. And we just pray your will be done in it, through it. Let your uh, seed of your word fall on good ground and let it bear the fruit that you would have it to in every life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. 
today is Father's Day. And I'm not going to say a whole lot about that except to say that this message uh, is very appropriate for fathers. One of the most important things a father can do for his children or his grandchildren is to do everything in his power to make sure that he lives his life and, and speaks words out of his mouth and actions and everything in the living of his life to convey to his children and his grandchildren and all of his family to instill within them a love for the truth. The tragedy for our generation today, I believe, uh, we have in this culture today is uh, that they are absolutely resolved and set on getting any idea of God out of the life of everyone they possibly can. Uh, let me tell you something. You can talk about a lot of things in the public venue today uh, and not get in near as much trouble as you can talking about God. Uh, you can talk about uh, Putin. You can talk about any public figure or politician or sports figure that you want to talk about, the list goes on almost endless. But uh, you're going to get in trouble if you are sitting in a classroom and, and you start talking about Jesus Christ, then you're going to get the cold shoulder in the very least. There's something about mentioning Jesus, uh, especially as God. There's something about raising up just the, the idea of God that all of a sudden everybody comes to a hush and they get quiet and you stepped on uh, forbidden territory. It's no secret to nobody, to anybody in this room today or watching online that uh, Christians not only are in the minority today, but we are in the minority that is one of the most hated and despised. Uh, you and I should feel comfortable talking about God. He, he ought to be, is our life. He is our, our, our reason for living, if you will. If you don't serve God thinking that, then you're serving God as lacking something. Uh, when I go to church, I, I don't want to try to, I, I, I'm on the platform obviously, but uh, I, I, if I did sit in the congregation, wouldn't want to see how far back that I can get. Why? Because I don't want to get distracted. When I come to church, I want to put my focus on God. Because when I get to focusing on God, I'm able to release my faith. And when I start releasing my faith, he starts releasing power in my behalf. I think you need to understand today that you will unleash a power in your life when you respond to God and to his spirit and to his word that causes you to unleash your faith. And when you unleash your faith, you unleash a power that you don't have otherwise. And that power is an affront to any force that comes against us in our lives that is contrary to God and his kingdom and his blessing in your life. The best thing you can do when you come to church is Get as much of God in you as you can while you're there. 
and in your mind as much as you possibly can because when you leave here, you are going out into a world that literally screams, we don't want God and we don't want God consciousness on your mind at all. And many of the people opposing it really, they really don't know what they're doing or they wouldn't do it. But they do it in ignorance because they don't understand that this culture has, has had unleashed upon it the instruments of the powers of darkness that are trying to mess with your faith. And whatever else the devil did as he ascended to the heights of heaven, and when he got there, he said, I, I'm going to be like God. The Bible says that. And when he found out he couldn't do that, he said, if I can't be like God, then I'm going to do the next best thing. I'll keep God out of your mind so that you don't have any faith in him. I'll keep God out of their consciousness just as much as I can. And so their faith will be weak. How many understand today the devil wants your faith to be just as weak as he can possibly make it? Because he knows when you've got God on your mind and God in your heart and, and you fully know who and what God is and his name and the dimension of his power, you're going to look at sickness and you're going to look at trouble and you're going to look at disease and you're going to look at spirits and powers of darkness and the influence of this world all around us and you're going to come against them with your faith and you're going to assault them with your faith in the name of the Lord it's not by might and it's not by power not my might not your might not my power not your power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord that we walk in victory through this sinful world and you're going to say I'm not a healer I don't have to heal but I know a God who does and I've got faith in him today and I don't want you or anybody else trying to mess with it and tell me it's not any good or it's not real. You know what? The devil's been messing with our faith too long, and I'm sick and tired of it. I want you to join me in taking a stand, and let's just draw a line in the sand and say the next time somebody is prayed for and they're not healed, well, God may not have healed them right now, but God's still a healer. Amen. Amen. The devil does everything that he can think of to mess with our faith, to dilute it, to make it as weak as he possibly can make it. And, and this, this getting God conscious, just having God on our minds all the time, uh, the world doesn't like that and the world doesn't want that. You no longer have Christmas break at uh, school anymore it's 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 called a holiday break let's just get rid of this christmas idea this jesus and our generation today is caught up with this more than ever before. It's been going on for some time, but it's worse than ever. If we can just get rid of this idea and obsession, they say, that some people have with God. I, I'm telling you today, I am obsessed with God. And I'm happy to proclaim it to everybody that will listen. It's an obsession with me. There's some people that are going to think I'm overbearing with it, that I'm a royal pain about it. But I, I'm obsessed with this God business. I try to think of him every moment that I can throughout my day. Quit trying to mess with my faith. That ought to be the theme of your life for the next little while. 
Somebody said, well, if there is a God, how come we have all kinds of problems in this world? Well, let me answer you uh, that for you today. Let's just say for a moment, for, for argument's sake, that there is no God. No God in the world. No God in this universe or that made it. Are we still going to have problems? I'm telling you, we'll not only have the exact same problems that the world has now that everybody has, but there will be even greater problems. Of course we do. Well, then who is responsible for them if there's no God? Well, it can't be the devil because if there's no God, there's sure no devil. Then, then who, is, who is creating all of this mess that's in our world today? I tell you who it is. It's mankind. He's caused his own problems. Amen. You know, you know, Jesus said one day, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I don't know about you, but I like being free. I like being free from a life of sin. I like being free from the weight of the guilt on my conscience from living a life of sin. Hallelujah. There is a God, and his name is Jesus. And make no mistake, his power is in this church today. Hallelujah. God raised up a woman uh, who had been dead for some time uh, in our church. It was in the different building over at 25th and Jones. But God raised up Sister Mary Williams. She lay dead without a pulse, without breathing for several minutes until the EMT people got there. And right before they arrived, those of us that had gathered around her praying saw her eyelids flitter and her breath, her breath uh, come back into her lungs and her heart start beating. God worked a miracle that day. He is still on his throne. He is still the God of all power in heaven and in earth. God can still do the impossible. He's the only one that can do the impossible. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to put my faith in him more than ever before. I'm going to stand for him more than I ever have before. Jesus walked into Jairus' house. He went into a room where Jairus' daughter lay dead, and he ran everybody else out. Very interesting story in the New Testament. And when you get to reading it, you understand why he said to everybody, I want y'all to leave. I want you out of here because you're messing up the atmosphere, the condition in which I need to work. And that condition was an atmosphere of faith. You say, well, well, wasn't he God? Yes, he was God, but even God doesn't want anything in his way. He said, I'm here to raise her from the dead, and I want everything out of this room that would be an assault to the consciousness of God, the eternal God, and what he can do. And when they walked out of that room, he turned to that girl, and he said, Daughter, I say unto you, arise. And she arose just like that. I'm telling you, everybody in this house today, it's time we get our minds and our thoughts, our emotions obsessed with this idea that there is a God, and he's a great God, and he's a great force, a great power in this universe and in this world, and he is for me, and he loves me, and he died for me, and because of what he's done for me, I owe him everything. That's my faith, and I don't want anybody messing with it. Not the devil. Not human beings, not this culture, 
that is filled with the stinking, rotten philosophies of a devil who hates God and you and I that love him. Everybody in the Bible who got great results from God, God did something for them, whatever it was, whatever miracle it was, whatever deliverance it was, whether it was having three to six million Jews cross over the Red Sea on dry ground and the army of Egypt drown right behind them in their very sight, or whether it was a blind man who God restored his sight, been blind since he was born, whatever it was, these people that we read the stories in the Bible about who got something from God, they did so not because they were perfect, because they weren't. I, I, I can show you sins, some of them deep sins in many of their lives outside of Jesus, but they all had this one thing in common. There was a consciousness of God in their mind, and it seeped down into their heart, and they believed. They had faith in God. You get, a, you get a consciousness of God on your mind, and you let it stay there long enough, and you're going to get absorbed with this idea of God. And you, you compound that by going to church regularly and praying every day, and you sing and praise God, and you get God-focused, and you're going to have a swelling of faith in God come into your life. And if you're here today and you don't really have a strong faith in Him, maybe it's because some of those things are missing from your life. But if you'll do those things, you'll get a, a, a swelling of confidence of God in your life. And it's so important that we understand this today, how much it matters, especially in this culture that we live in today that is completely anti-God, almost totally, that we do not let anything affront us and win and, and, and come against our mindset about God and his power and his presence. I'm here to tell you God's presence is in this house right now. And while we are speaking and singing and worshiping and talking, you can be healed right where you are. You can have God walk up to you and give you that, that need met in your life, that circumstance change. You can walk out of the door of this church today with your faith and receive a phone call where somebody's calling you and said, the answer has arrived. I don't know about you, but we need to tell the world and tell the devil, I'm not going back on my walk with God. I'm not turning around. I'm not stopping. I'm not even going to slow down. If I can, I'm going to pick up the pace and love God more and talk about him more, sing about him more, pray to him more, come to church more. Why? Because I don't want anything or anybody messing with my faith. Why do you say that, preacher? Because I know what having faith in God can do. Yeah, well, if there is a God, don't even start on that, if there is a God with me, because I don't want anybody to mess with something that I have come over many years and arrived at this place where God is everything to me. It is 
it, it is at the very core of my existence. And I know that I know that I know deep down at the core of my being that, that, that my faith in God is the supremacy and the sovereignty and the wisdom and the knowledge of God and the love of God is something that I personally can have and the blessings of that in my life. Have you ever noticed how long it takes some people to get that, that consciousness, that awareness of the presence of God in their life? There's something about pushing God aside that unleashes the enemy. It unleashes that which is dark and evil against you. There's something about dismissing the presence of God. That when you dismiss the presence of God from your life, I, I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but I'm the preacher. I'm supposed to say these things. You dismiss the presence of God from your life, from prayer, from coming to church, from worship, that when you dismiss that constant consciousness of God from your life, that, that, that you open up your life, your world is going to be filled with something. It's going to be filled with something, either God or flesh or the world or evil or disaster, or hell. I'd rather fill my world with so much of God that I have a surplus of God inside of me. To be so God conscious that I wake up every day and he's the first thing I think about. And the first one I have a conversation with. That before my feet hit the floor, I'm talking to him. And I'm saying, God, I love you and I need you this day. There's something about our faith, that it can actually do things. It can undo something and reverse the situation. Faith is a strong force in this world and in this universe. It can be so powerful that it can actually take the very essence of something and absolve or dissolve the very nature of what it is. Like in Hebrews when it said, by faith the Israelites pass through the Red Sea. When the Egyptians tried to do it too, the Bible says they drowned, even the Pharaoh. What worked for people of faith did not work for people without faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew boys who were thrown in the fiery furnace because they refused to bow down to the heathen uh, false gods. By faith, the Bible says, quench the fire. When the men who threw them into that fire were killed by it. And the lions that wouldn't eat Daniel ate the men who put Daniel in their lion's den. Because by faith, by faith, by faith, you invoke the power of this great God that we serve who moves into the situation and he changes it in his time. So don't go messing with my faith. That needs to be the theme of your life. Don't go messing with my faith. That's why Paul said in my text, some of you thought I'd forgotten it, didn't you? 
Musicians, would you come? He said, I hadn't got to where I want to go yet. Not there yet. Haven't already attained. I don't understand everything about everything that I would like to. I'm not perfect. I know that. But this one thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to let anybody mess with my faith. I'm going to forget those negative things from my past. Doesn't do any good to think about those anyhow. And I'm going to reach forth unto those things that are yet in front of me. I'm not going to dwell on the fact that God didn't answer every one of my prayers. I learned quite some time ago to do what the Bible says, and that is whenever I pray, pray according to the will of God. And that means he has the freedom to answer my prayer the way he wants to instead of the way I want him to when the two are different. That's big. If you're not there yet, you need to go home and get down by your bed and pray, God, get me to that place where I put more faith in your will than in mine. In spite of the fact he hasn't answered every prayer I've prayed, I'm going to keep on believing he's still God, that he knows what he's doing, and I'm going to press toward the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You believe he's still God today? You believe he's still Lord? He's still in control? Say, say to anybody that would, don't you mess with that. Don't try to convince me otherwise. Don't mess with my faith. Could we stand together today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done. I want the Lord to do what he does best. I want him to come right now and meet with anybody in this place that would like to respond to his word today. Now, you don't have to do that. You can leave here. You can even say, nice sermon, preacher. You can go home and tell your family, I, I enjoyed that. But if you don't respond to the word of God, first of all, how do you think that makes God feel? I tell you what, it does to God. It makes him sad. You know why? Because he will not be able to bless those who don't respond to his word today like those who are going to respond and say, God, I want you to do that in me. Make my faith in you be stronger than it's ever been before. And if you'd like to do that, we invite folks to come down to the front. There's just something special about talking to God at an altar. You don't have to do that, of course, for him to hear you. But whether here at the front or in your seat, I invite everybody here today to have a conversation with the Lord. This service has only been going on an hour and four Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. 
Thank you and have a blessed day.